We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to Outside the Trenches. We hope you're having a beautiful Thursday, whether you're watching this live on YouTube or listening to the podcast audio after the fact. We appreciate you for spending part of your day with us on this newest episode presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream, my personal favorite product from our fine folks and friends up at Holiday Distillery. Put in a little coffee, put in some hot chocolate, and I promise you will not be disappointed. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by KCSN podcast producer Tucker Franklin and former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, Mr. Nick Leckie. Nick, how goes it this afternoon? Man, it's great. It's it's great. It feels like I've been here, haven't been here for like a, a month. So that's it's wild. You had a little nice vacation. We'll talk about that here in a bit. But Tucker. You don't get vacations uh, because we work all the time. How how is how has it been since I talked to you like twenty minutes ago? <laughs> hey, we are rocking and rolling at KC Sports Network. Got a lot of stuff going on uh, on the Chiefs side, college side, soccer side now too. Got a lot of stuff going on, so it's a great time to start a soccer channel uh, during the World Cup. There's been some great matches mm. on. I know Nick. Uh, I'm sure Nick, you've got your guys. No, no. Haven't been? No, no. Uh, I'm. It's always tough for me to watch football when I'm watching college and NFL uh, hand egg. That's fair. So I, I wait mm-hmm. till like the, the January to start watching the EPL and World Cup in November, December. It's weird. It is weird. Me. I'm like, I need June soccer this is, or football. It's weird. Listen, you're wearing an American flag. You're running around representing the United States. Like I'm going to watch. I don't care what the sport is. Like I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go support it. Went over to Lee Summit uh, to watch the game against uh, Iran. I think it's how it's pronounced. I'm going to make sure we pronounce this correctly. Um, but went over there. Went to the Johnny's over there with my buddy Tyler and had a good time. And uh, watched a little soccer. 
now that uh, be a little more educated now that we've got soccer on the old channel. But right now on this show, we're going to talk a little Chiefs and Bengals and the trash talk ramping up before this rematch. Uh, it doesn't and it, trash talk air quotes. Not I'll preface by saying this. I don't think the players are going to play harder because of some perceived slights uh, in the media that seems to have come from uh, misunderstandings or <laughs> just not being on the same page about what the player, who the player they were talking about is. But nevertheless, it's kind of divulged into some other stuff where now you've got players kind of going back and forth on social media, Tucker. And I, I, I think it's going to add to the fun, at least for fans. I think it's going to add. I don't think the players are going to play any harder because of this stuff, but uh, it's definitely more fun for us uh, from the outside watching it, knowing that uh, they're not really getting along before Sunday. As if we needed anything else to talk about with this matchup, right? Uh, there was already a highly anticipated matchup between these two teams, and it's clear the players on these two teams aren't very big fans of each other. I'm going to kind of take you guys chronologically through how this all happened with the uh, with the air quotes, as you mentioned, trash talk. First, it started with Justin Reed's comments. I believe this is in the locker room uh, after press conference. They got player availability. Here's what he said about uh, Hayden Hurst. Now, you're going to hear a mix-up, but... Uh, he, he think he's talking about T Higgins. He's actually talking about Hayden Hurst in these comments here. Here's what Justin Reed had to say. The big time tackle, like some of the missed tackles, explosive plays, um, a lot of it's going to come down to making the play on the ball, you know, and they have 88 um, Higby. No, it's not, it's not Higby. It was with the Rams. Um, what's his name? It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Higby and Higgins. Uh -huh. They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver, too. More of a finesse type of guy. Um, not the best blocker. Um, I'm going to lock him down. You know, <laughs> straight up. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to come out of the game, like I said, play our best game and go out and do it. Obviously, talking <laughs> about. about uh, Hayden Hurster. He says his number, number 88. You know, the uh, reporter says Higgins. He actually says, the reporter does say, uh, not Higgins. And he's like, no, it is Higgins. Um, but just a classic mix up there. He said is the correct number, though. So uh, he was talking about uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, they're tied in that they got. He was new this season. Um, I think he's a fine player. But uh, so. He took to Twitter. Uh, he, as in Justin Reed, took to Twitter to clarify those comments. TBH, I meant Hayden Hurst for the matchup. Nonetheless, any and everybody still getting locked up. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. It's the little part where uh, where he like kind of looks at the camera, where Justin Reed looks at the camera. He said, doesn't matter. He's going to get locked up anyway. Jamar Chase fires back. Let's put some money on it big time with some eyeball emojis love that emoji justin reed y'all welcome for the extra motivation i'm gonna see you sunday champ jamar chase replies with tuna in a can with a cat emoji take that as you will and justin reed says noted so some scrapping going on with those fellas on the social media as well today during uh press availability uh hayden hurst was asked about uh justin reed's comments and here's what he had to say going to attempt to cover me that said something about me or to me or I guess whoever he thought he was talking about uh, don't really care did you laugh or were you like mm. I laughed a little bit um, I don't know I mean you can pick anybody in this locker room but you know, I feel like I'm the last person you probably want to talk to you about because uh, I have a long memory so you're keeping the receipts it's going to be fun <laughs> what, what? We're bringing back beef of the week. 
That's what's happening. We're That's bringing back nice. beef of the week uh, because <laughs> it is a big beef on Twitter. I love that. I just love how I'm 40. Uh, I'm a man, as uh, Mike Gundy would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and to talk noise. But then to put an emoji in there, like that's the new concept <laughs> for me. Because I'm still in the phase where I've, I've introduced emojis into my vernacular, my texting vernacular. But it's more like for LOLs and stuff like that. But like they're like beefing on Twitter and they're putting emojis. And I just love the youth these days because that's a new one. That's a new one. It's like I'm angry, but I'm going to use this little emoji, right? It's like it's funny. What do we look at? I just don't know. It, it It's fun for us like to talk about and to lead into the game, all the trash talk back and forth. And maybe they get chippy like on the field during the game, but do I think that they're going to go play harder. Uh, do I think Hayden Hurst is going to go block harder uh, because of this? No. Do I think if he's got a play where he's on Justin Reed, could he be a little more fired up, a little more focused about it? Yeah, probably, especially on the first one. Uh, but man, like now it just sets up to like, who's going to be the one to get to, to get to say something. And it's not even that. Cause we don't know what they're going to say. We just, who's going to look like they're saying something. And then what does that happen on social media? And then it gets, gets all over the place. So uh, definitely adding some intrigues. You don't really see this a whole lot uh, anymore, especially with chief players. You don't see this a whole lot uh, with somebody saying something that kind of fires everybody up. And it's a cool rivalry now too, you know, with as far as like the regular, the, 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 the loss uh, last year too. Um, I think it's really cool. So I think both teams are fired up. It's like a marquee matchup where it's like you have all these, you know, no longer is it the the, the Pittsburgh, New England rivalry to determine, you know, it's like Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo, you know, for the AFC yeah. crown, you know, and it's like, it's cool to see this new rivalry, you know, kind of flourish. And these guys are going to be playing each other year in, year out for, for the next couple of years. So it's, it's, it's cool to see some trash talk and, and I love the responses and getting involved with it. I mean, when you come down to it, you know, you're playing a sport, but you're entertainers and this is entertainment and, you know, there ain't nothing else going on since the World Cup. So, hey, some Twitter beef on a marquee matchup. Man, that's, that's cool. I'm about the it. NFL loves it. You got to think that the NFL <laughs> loves when, when players go on and, and start talking trash to each other. But you're right, Nick. I think this game does mean a lot for the Bengals, not only as much as the Chiefs, but the Bengals are in it in their divisional race. I think they're tied with the uh, Ravens mm-hmm. um, right now in, in their division. So winning this game would make their path a little bit easier. They don't have an easy schedule. Matt Landon, I talk about it on today's KCS and update, but like they've got a tough schedule to end out their season. And if they can get a win over the chiefs, that's going to be big for them down the stretch uh, to try, try to get that divisional, uh, the divisional title to go into the playoffs. Obviously this game is big for the chiefs too, because they don't want to go and rely on a tiebreaker that they don't have with the Buffalo bills. Uh, I think right now they might have it with the, with the, uh, Dolphins. I've got to relook on that, but because uh, the Dolphins are the number two team in the AFC right now, so that, that's going to be the other team that <laughs> say you're that again, at. right? <laughs> yeah. So that they don't want that to come into play. Yeah, I I don't think you need any more reason to be fired up because the Chiefs. You don't want to drop games like this, but they were going to be focused on this one anyway. We heard it after the game against the Rams during media availability. They already started saying like on to Cincinnati, like they were already fired up about this game. And you could look at, at Patrick Mahomes. I know obviously, you know, his I just got done talking about this for pregame for the uh, one on one, the Fox for Fox football radio network pregame show. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, having his second baby. Uh, this week, his wife, Brittany, I should say, uh, having their second kid and just everything that goes into that. If he needs any more reason to be focused going into this game, you could make the argument that the worst half of football we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play was the second half against the Bengals. Right. And he didn't need more of a reason. Those guys have short memories. Nick, you and I have been talking about it since we first started podcasting. Professional athletes' ability to find chips wherever they're at 
and to carry those as reasons to motivate them, whether they're real or not. Uh, professional athletes have the ability to just kind of conjure up this doubt or this people thinking they can't do whatever it is that you know is being done again, whether it's actually out there or not. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to look at anything other than the box score, watch the film, whatever the reasons behind it were. He was the one holding the football and he got a lot of that blame um, for how they played in the second half offensively against the Bengals and allowed them to come back after being up 21 to three. So I don't think they're going to be more fired up, but I, this is not a game in which this is not like the Colts game where they're not going to be focused going in because of what happened last year. And this, if anything, just kind of ignited a little bit more for the chiefs that, Hey, they, we, we started this and now we've got to go back it up. It is. Well, and it's, it was cool to see versus the Rams too, that it was like second and goal. And then they ran the ball inside, inside with Pacheco up the middle. And I'm like, wow, if they would have done that versus the Bengals in the second quarter uh, last year, then we're talking a whole different ball game right now, you know, as far as like them, them turning the screws and, and locking yep. the doors on the game. So it's good to see the chiefs have established a run game this year versus Cincinnati. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think this Kansas city team has really turned a corner since Mahomes has decided to run the ball more effectively from the QB because teams weren't respecting yeah. that this year from him. Well, when you look at the stats from last year, Tucker, I'll jump in here real quick and then we'll yeah, get into our, our blind nail segments. But, you know, one of the areas when you look at the, the games last year, I'm going to bring up the stats right now to make sure I, I get them right. Um, but the Chiefs were able to run the ball actually pretty effectively against the Bengals in both those games. At least when you look at the box score at the end of the game, I don't think there were a bunch of or a handful of like, you know, single runs that kind of skewed the numbers. But I know in the first matchup, as I bring it up here, uh, the Chiefs were able to 24 carries for 139 yards um, in that first matchup, um, or excuse me, in that that week 17 matchup they lost. Then Jarek McKinnon had 12 carries for 65 yards in that game. And then in the other one, excuse me, that was the playoff game. In the other game, uh, in the playoffs, they were able to run for 155 yards with Darrell Williams carrying it 14 times for 88 yards with a 6.3 yards per carry average. I mean, they averaged over six yards a carry in those two games over 250 yards rushing uh, combined in those games. So they're actually finding success there, but this is talked about with Brett Coleman this week. The, the, the chess match uh, that the chiefs have kind of been dealing with all year is how are teams schematically going to play against them? Because what the Bengals had done is what we started to see with Tyree kill. A lot of teams do drop eight. Don't let Patrick Mahomes put a spy on them. Don't let him scramble and then make them chip away down the field. Well, this year, teams are playing a whole lot more man because Tyree kill isn't on the field anymore. They're not terrified to play man defense. Well, what are the Bengals going to do? Because this team is significant is set up better to beat all different types of coverages than they were in the years past. We've seen them beat man. We've seen them beat zone with Juju and MVS and all these guys being on the same page of where to go against zone coverage. How are the Bengals who had success against Patrick Mahomes? We just said worst second half or worst half of football. We've seen from Mahomes a lot of dropping eight, I don't think they can get away with that this year, the way that the Chiefs offense is built. So again, what is that chess match of how are the Bengals going to go up against this particular group of offensive skill guys for the Chiefs? Well, I think it's really interesting too when you start to look at the the rushing numbers, BJ. You, you saying that made me bring this up. You look at the last three games, 117 rush yards, 163 rushing yards, 155. It's 77 against the Titans, but then 112 against the Niners. And then that Niners game is when Pacheco was named the starter. So you're seeing uh, a lot of good things happen in the rushing game, and I think that's, what, five games there? Um, And you're averaging about 124, about almost 125 yards per game when it comes to to running the ball. So uh, seeing some improvement there, and I'm excited to see what they can do on the ground. 
Finally. <laughs> Finally. I, we need to go back and find the week one tape where I said Pacheco should be the starting running back. Dig that up. Yes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. The the other thing, and I should give credit, uh, or at least mention this because Brett Coleman talked about it a lot. He spent a lot of time waxing poetic about DJ Reader. Uh, and then he's just Good. a space eater in the middle of their defense. Not a guy that you're going to run between the A-gaps. Cover both A-gaps sitting in a 2 eye. Uh, he, he can cover everything. He can shut down a running game, uh, at least up the middle, kind of on his own. Uh, Brett Coleman was very, very complimentary uh, of DJ Reader. But, guys, let's get into the first Blindell segment, similar to what we talked about off the top with uh, the trash talk going on. And I want to know, Nick, during your time either in college or at the NFL, like who's the best trash-talking player that you either played with or against that you can specifically remember like not like pissed you off but just like that was good like that was pretty good i'm trying to think here and there's not many um lance briggs he was like a outside linebacker for the bears yeah. he talked a lot of noise um suggs talked a lot of noise and um ray lewis would talk noise but Ray Lewis had the whole murder case thing that was, you know, never whatever. But just the fact that or he surrounded that, you're like, yeah, this guy's got to kill the guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. allegedly, allegedly, right? Allegedly, I'm not, I'm not accusing or saying. Just he was somewhat linked, so that kind of gave it a scary vibe because you're like, oh wow, this goes past the game. <laughs> so I just no way to say that, man. I'm, I'm not Ray. Ray is probably a great guy. I don't know him, but yeah. So he had that. So it kind of gave this sort of aura about him. Where you're like, well, I got a shot to cheap shot him, but I'm probably not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to because I, because you know, it's this just a game. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Briggs. I'd say Briggs. I think Briggs. He he was just awesome. Like he As called. A- he said, like, hey, you softer than baby shit. You know, something like that. I'm like, God, that's that's soft. Like when I had a kid, like I thought about it. Like it didn't affect me in mm. the game because I'm like, you can talk whatever you want. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't get into that nonsense. And I was the opposite where I like the Mark Schlereth, the, the sugar bear technique. I'm like, oh, hey, good job on that one. That was, that was good. Or like, mm. hey, you know, you're really good. I'm, I'm happy to be blocking against you. 
I can't hear Ray Lewis and thinking about the Chiefs and not think of the the mic'd up segment where he's talking to Will Shields and he's like, they're double teaming me. And they show the replay and it's just Will Shields just dominating him on his own. It's like, they got two guys on me. And the coach is like, I'm looking at the film right here, but like, it's just Will. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just very, very good. Tucker, best trash talk that you've been around. I do, uh, so I haven't been a, around a ton of trash talking, right? Um, but uh, I, I always love trash talking DBs in corners. Marcus Peters is probably the first one that comes to mind of a guy just just loves to talk. Uh, it seems like all corners love to talk. Um, I think that's a prerequisite if if you're going to be a corner or a defensive back in the NFL, got to be able to talk some mess. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw this in college football over the weekend, but there was a there was a corner that. Thought he broke up a pass. It was a completed pass, and when he, when it was caught, he did he did the incomplete. But the guy was like running by. Yeah, it was tough. It was very tough. But yeah, big trash talk guys from I think Marks Peters. Man, it's got to be the got to be the one. Um, I love the play where he threw the flag into the field. I know that's not really trash talk or into the stands, but just like man, this is foolish. I was there. That was that was an interesting. You, you get traded, get traded after that or something like that, right? Is that what? it was the year after? Yeah. yeah, it was the year after. Yeah, it was yeah going that was in. that was a that was a nail in the coffin right there. You're out. It's... Yeah, I'm gonna say like there's a lot of. I mean, Tyron Matthew was was good. I think uh, kind of busting with the boys. Will Compton told the story of uh, I think it was they had a guest on and he was telling the story about like Tyron Matthew being a player that he looked up to and he got out of the field and he was like, "I'll murder your family!" Like saying all this stuff. There's like, "Oh my god!" Like I was gonna dab you up, be like, "Hey, it's re- respect you, man." But uh, Chris Jones. Has always been great. Like the year that I was on the sideline, I could always hear some of the things. I mean, some of it's just kind of inaudible, just yelling back and forth and uh, nothing in particular. But I can specifically remember Chris Jones screaming to the ref in like a really funny, not like angry, hyped up, like adrenaline kind of way. But he was just kind of laughing. He's like, ref, don't reward his ignorance. Don't reward that ignorance. <laughs> like, I don't know what the context was, but he's just laughing hysterically. And the player was complaining to the ref and Chris was just like, don't reward that ignorance. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's, it's so funny. The, the least, the little amount of trash talking that goes on amongst big guys. Right. Cause you just worry, you just, you got so much going on, you have responsibilities. So there's no trash talk during play. It's always in between plays before you get something that you trash talking. And to me, it's like the trash talking, not so much, but it's like the, uh, like I would always read body emotions, body language. So like when guys put their hands on their hips, or, or anything like that, then it was something where I was like, okay, like they're, they're, they're ready. And if they were talking trash, then I'm like, okay, they're just tired. I don't know what they're doing. Like, what's the purpose? I never understood the purpose. Yeah. I, you're always going to have to back up whatever it is, you yeah. know, like you're going to have to respond. That's the thing with Philip rivers. He liked to talk um, as a quarterback and everybody would get kind of get going. He, I know down in Mexico city, it got heated oh, yeah. uh, between Tyron Matthew and him. I'll never forget that on the sideline that game. And I think they went to commercial and people like saw Chris in it. And they always thought, well, Chris is in his face. And like, as soon as they went to commercial, like Matthew was the one that was right there in the middle of it. And so after the game, all the questions uh, from the media that were there were about Matthew, but everybody on the outside was talking about, uh, or at least people would watch it on TV on social media. Everything was about um, Chris. Cause that's what they saw before it really escalated. Uh, into more trash talking, but, um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how much of what we've seen on social media 
over the past week kind of bleeds over. You can't tell me that the broadcast is going to definitely talk about it uh, with the CBS crew that's going down there. They pay attention. They know what the storylines oh, yeah. are, what people are talking about. The first time there's a play anywhere near Justin Reed and Hayden Hurst. <laughs> it. I mean, Hayden Hurst basically called him like soft. <laughs> and like I heard the clip and it was like, yeah, he wasn't talking about Jamar Chase, but he really did call Hayden Hurst soft, uh, which Hayden Hurst didn't really appreciate. Uh, Nobody does very much. You, you can't do that. You can't do that amongst men, amongst alpha males. Like, don't don't be calling. That's like a true like, like that's like a a, a war chant or something like that. Where it's like you don't want to talk like that. It's like yeah, it's like, gonna well, everybody in this locker room, I've got a long memory. I'm like, if somebody yeah. called anyone in this locker room soft, everyone's got a long memory <laughs> for that. So easy. Yeah, it really. I is. also I would be remiss if I didn't bring up when we talk about trash talk the uh, the Andrew Luck approach to trash talking of when he would just absolutely get decleated and be like. Man, that's a really good hit. And yeah. guys would guys would not know how to react to it because they're just like, wait, why? I, they're so confused. But I always love listening to the Andrew Luck mic dumps because he's just complimenting everybody. He was ready. He was ready to start his book club week one rookie year. You know, he was he was out the NFL. He was like, he's like, I'm not built for this. I want no part of this nonsense. I'll never forget in the Super Bowl, uh, Patrick Mahomes when he got hit. Um, down there in like the goal line or when he ran in for that touchdown, one of their first scores, we got popped pretty good. And people and on the radio, because I was part of the radio broadcast, and I could hear Mitch uh, in my radio asking like, is he hurt? Is he hurt? And you go back and watch the highlight. You can see me. I'm like eight feet from him. And like I immediately can, on the highlight of that play, you can go back and you can see me pause for a second because he got popped pretty good. He's about 10 feet from me. And I just like freeze like, oh my God, did Patrick Mahomes just get hurt? And then I, I, so close that I could see him smiling and laughing. So I was like, Oh, he's fine. And I immediately get into Mitch. Cause he's like, Patrick Mahomes is down. He could be injured. And I'm like, no, he's laughing. Like he's fine. Everything's good. And he get up and he's like, Hey, good hit man. Like gets up and uh, he's like, it's going to, we're going to be more of that and kind of going back and forth. But it's, it wasn't quite the Andrew luck. Like that was a really nice hit, sir. Like well done. Uh, but it was kind of like good stuff. Like this is why we go out here and compete, uh, which yeah. is good. And then Philip river is just the other side of it. Just annoying, annoying getting after absolutely, it so. absolutely just like annoying. cuss you know just like <laughs> just, just do just it say something other than gosh darn it right all right let's let's move on to the next blind nil segment uh for anyone listening we don't know what this next segment is going to be and nick let's go to you next all right take away you know the guy your marquees so take away mahomes sneed chris jones travis right who's gonna have the biggest impact today's december one from now playoffs who's going to be that guy who's going to be that guy who they look back and say man this dude really really made an impact and this is the key to our success who's going to be the cold weather mvp you know when it when it when it matters right this is like i said this is fun football man december january this is fun football you know it's like you can tell who's who i i don't know if you consider him marquee I think it's his, he's getting close to that level, though. I'm going to say Nick Bolton. The way that Nick Bolton's been playing, I think that's going to be huge uh, for this defense moving forward to have a guy in that middle of the defense who has been playing and covering very well. He's been running downhill. He's a sure tackler, and that's incredibly important in the playoffs. We saw, I think Justin Reed even hit on it in his comments at the very beginning, but talking about kind of what they need to do. It's not making tackles when they need to make tackles. If Nick Bolton gets you in his arms, he's gonna bring you down. He's a pretty sure tackler, and that's what you need late in the late in the year, late in 
in, in the season when everybody's banged up, everybody's bruised. It's tough, hard-nosed football. It's cold out there. You got to be able to tackle. Nick Bolton has shown he's been able to do that. I think he's like fourth in solo tackles or something like that, and he's way up there, second or third, I think, and just tackles overall. Um, so he's been able to bring guys down and tackle them. He's been covering extremely well. He's been outplaying Willie Gay in terms of PFF grade, in terms of coverage for linebackers, which is something if you would have told me six months ago that Nick Bolton would be our best coverage linebacker, I'd have been like, well, is Willie Gay not playing? Is that what's happening? But uh, seeing Nick Bolton out there and playing – really well is just going to be huge. And I think him playing well moving forward is going to be big for this defense. Part of, part of my brain wants to say George Karloftis because if, <laughs> if he can average one and a half sacks over the final six, then we'll get back to that DT sack record that I will continue to own. Um, you know, I will always clarify that he has been getting pressures. He has been putting, he has been affecting quarterbacks. It has not been that he's not been playing well. It just hasn't resulted in sacks. Um, it is going to be that position along the defensive line, though. I expect Frank to continue doing what he's doing. I see George Karloftis to make an impact. Chris Jones is an all pro uh, defensive player of the year finalist, should be. Uh, it's definitely AFC defensive player of the year if that was an award. Chris Jones would win that. Uh, but for me, it's Carlos Dunlap. And the reason why is the the more close down the stretch regular season to clinch the playoffs uh to clinch the one seed hopefully or uh, you get into the playoffs the more every play is magnified and every play um on the defensive side you remember frank clark because he is like third in nfl history in postseason sacks people forget that till you get to the playoffs and he starts closing games late we see it with Carlos Dunlap, whether it's a batted pass, which I think he's third since like 1994. He has the third most bad batted passes in the NFL or something like that. Like he was talked about when he got here that those kinds of plays on a key third down in a close game in the second half, him batting down a big pass or coming up with a sack. Uh, I think those key moments, it might not be a ton of sacks, it might be a ton of plays, but I think they're going to happen in really key moments. We're going to continue basically what we've seen from them so far. We're going to continue talking about Carlos Dunlap making the big plays uh, when it's needed most. You know, it's, it's good that I had two picked out because I was thinking Dunlap as well, too, just because he's the guy that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but, but he has a, uh, he would be my nemesis. Right. He's a, a taller, bigger and quicker uh, kind of than than um, Chris or not Chris Jones. Then um, why did I just blank on his name? Frank, Michigan. I'm Frank. Yeah. When it's like, man, and just able to uh, like he was rushing Bryce Perkins, like, you know, one arm up trying to do the thing. And it's like, God, he's so good. Like he just consistent, like like, oh, you know, second half. Oh, who's showing up? Dunlap. Who got the hit? Dunlap. Right. And it's, yeah. I, I love the way he plays. Um uh, I'm going to go with a, uh, a theme where you guys are going to be not shocked at all. And I'm going to say Pacheco. Uh, I really do. I think he's hungry. I think he's super hungry for it. He was getting chunks early on uh, versus the Rams, and he's been getting chunks. But the thing that sort of solidified it in, in my mind, because to me I was like, oh, McKinney can catch it. He made a crucial a crucial catch, you know, in the second half to and, and got some – and it looked easy. Like, like most running backs, you know, they catch a ball, they kind of, you know, whatever. And I can tell they're not really, they're, they're more running back. And, and he can come out on a, on, a, on a route and catch some stuff that I think Pacheco is going to be that low key MVP. When we look back December one right now, we're going to say, damn, he was that guy. You know, he was the guy who's, you know, running and catching like who we thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire was going to be for this offense. That's Pacheco. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> you old Tucker. <laughs> Save it, Boomer. 
I had to cough, whatever. Uh, but, Tucker no. was muted and was talking for a good 10 seconds before he realized. I know. That's embarrassing. But what I was saying, Nick, it's like it's the inverse of what my point was, right? You know, when they, when it gets down to it, got to be able to run the ball. When it gets down to it, you got to be able to stop the run. And those are two of the things, especially cold weather, a playoff football. So um, encouraged to see both of those things um, happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. I like Isaiah Pacheco a lot. I like the way he runs football. Yeah. I'm telling you, I played with Steven Jackson, and he's a smaller version of Steven Jackson. Just mm-hmm. a hard a hard physical runner. And, and that's what I love about him. And you can tell the guy wants contact. The guy is smart. He can catch the ball. And it's like, this dude is what this offense needed. I want to ask about this because we haven't had a chance on this show and to get your guys' thoughts on the addition of Melvin Gordon uh, to this team. We talk a little bit about Brandon Williams. Um, I'll always, I love Brandon Williams. I loved him when he was at Missouri Southern, loved him in the draft that year, loved him when I saw him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he is the run stuffing guy that I mm. thought Danny Shelton was here to do. Yeah. It's weird. We haven't seen him step in there and play at all uh, or get an opportunity in any kind of way. But um, thoughts on Melvin Gordon, Tucker? of joining the chiefs and what do you see his potential role being or having any kind of a role? Cause I have my thoughts, but I want to get yours first. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I know when he was released, I joked on Twitter about the chiefs bringing him in. I was like, Oh, get ready for the chiefs next running back is what I think I said <laughs> as just like a hundred percent a joke. And he's had some issues fumbling this year. That's no surprise. And I think that's where a lot of people's uh, hesitancy is with Melvin Gordon, but he's a veteran. He's been around the AFC West, his whole career from the chargers to the Broncos now on the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's more of a depth move than anything right now. You're looking at it. They had Ronald Jones. Now Ronald Jones is going to be, pushed into playing a little bit more than you would have liked him to play down the stretch here. Jarek McKinnon shows up on the injury report today, uh, Wednesday, I should say with, uh, with a hamstring issue. And I think he had a hamstring. He was dealing with a hamstring a little bit before the last game, but you're now looking at, you just need a, a body at this point, uh, a guy that can come in there. And I think uh, Melvin Gordon is maybe a little bit more of a backup for the Jarek McKinnon. Uh, the third down type of back than it is uh, as a backup for a Ronald Jones, Isaiah Pacheco downs one and two type of guy. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how that all works out. It's tough, especially this week. If Jeff Jerk McKinnon misses Melvin Gordon's only been in the building for a week. If that uh, not mm-hmm. even, I think a week, but a week of practice, but it's going to be interesting to see for sure. It really will be. Talk about too. Talk about getting kicked off a, a burning, sinking ship and and onto <laughs> onto a, yeah. a carnival, a Disney Carnival cruise line, right? <laughs> like, just, just amazing, just absolutely amazing. He's on a he's on a burning skiff in the middle of the ocean, right? At Denver right now, and just just gets picked up by by this beautiful, luxurious P Diddy yacht. You know, it's just absolutely <laughs> fantastic. You know, that's, that's the best. That's, that's what we call a glow up, kids. I mean, straight up. <laughs> it was just, I saw that. There's no better feeling than being like, I've been on crappy teams and, you know, you hope you get traded, right, to like a Super Bowl contender. And like, here's a shot. And it's like, especially like the way he got done, like what I heard, like what he was playing future songs in the locker room. To, and Russell was like, get him out. That was that He's was not. denied. That was that was denied because no, it was denied. He I'm denied it. it up. I'm hyping but, it up. But Patrick Peterson said nice things about Kyler Murray once, and apparently yeah. there was there was no love lost. Uh, there are the way those guys are talking. But yeah. 
So I agree with you. Um, I think Melvin Gordon is kind of insurance to Jarek McKinnon because you look at the running backs. Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the guy. He's going to be that lead back that's going to get the first drive. He's going to get the, you know, he gets two drives and then the backup gets one drive when he gets kind of spelled if it's a long drive or however they break those up. So Andy Reid likes to do it. Is it going to be Clyde Edzelaire when he comes back? Is it going to be Ronald Jones? Is it going to be, you know, Melvin Gordon maybe being that number two? But the way that it's split up is like Pacheco's your lead back getting those first drives and then McKinnon's your third down guy. Like the, the packages, the plays that they run in those situations are kind of packaged like that. If you've got Clyde and Rojo kind of being the backup to Pacheco and then you've got Melvin Gordon who coming in this late isn't going to be able to be taught the entire offense. It's not like he can learn every play and every thing that they would ask Pacheco or Clyde or these guys that have been here longer to do. But if you give him a certain number of plays and a certain number in that package that he can work on with McKinnon, that's kind of what he was known for. Like he was a good back out of the backfield that fits his skill set. Um, something that he's done throughout his career, being good out of the backfield, catching the balls, hopefully, again, not dropping any of them. But yeah, I don't think it's it's threatening Pacheco. I don't think it's necessarily even threatening Rojo or um, you know anybody else to be that number two guy just because those roles are pretty defined at this point. But you had a talent like that onto a practice squad at this point in the season. It's great for him because uh, to next point, he's going from a burning ship. Uh, to P. Diddy's yacht. Uh, but at the same time, for the Chiefs, you just add a, a player with experience that's got talent. It's probably got something left in the tank uh, that we've seen before. Andy Reid, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy. Hopefully it ends better than it did for those guys who <laughs> weren't happy oh. when they first left. Uh, basically being told, like, you don't have it anymore. Um, and both of them got really upset about that. But uh, this is a huge opportunity for Melvin Gordon. It's a, it's a no-brainer for the Chiefs. Yeah. I don't know how much it really, uh, how much this really happens, but it's like one of those things where he's like a enemy spy, right? You think how much intel you can get on the Broncos. I'm, I'm, I think that's like a tinfoil hat type of deal. I don't think that happens very often. But, no, uh, no, because like the teams know more than you as a player. And I yeah. remember I, I got cut from Arizona, and then two weeks later, four weeks later, I was with the Rams, and I was on the, I got signed on a Saturday. We were playing the the Cardinals on Sunday. And they didn't even hit me up for any information. It's like, we already know everything. But what they can do, the, the benefit, though, what they could do is, you know, if you're playing the Broncos, you have, if you get the two-minute drills, you have uh, yeah. code word, You have code words, right? Mm. And it's like brush or whatever. You could give up the code words and say that, but then, you know, good quarterbacks will also throw out dummy ones, too. So, yeah, so you don't really want to get too much involved with the minutia of, you know, spy or anything like that because it's like, no, nah, it's risky. Huh. Makes it's sense. like you get called into a meeting. It's like, listen, we need to know everything you know. Everything. everything. Well, back Tell in the day, I, I, I kept all my playbooks, you know, so it's like so I still had those. And, and Do you still have them? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't have my, my Saints one, but I have my Cardinals and I have my I have my Denny Green Cardinals and my Linehan Rams offenses. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Speak at those. I know. I, yeah, I, I, off-season I content. Off-season yeah. content. Uh, yeah, we can. We can do that. I can. I can let you see them. You know, I want to break down some Nick Leckie film. That's what I want to do. That'd be fun. We can do that. Absolutely. Right. Tucker, what do you got? It's your turn. Well, before we get to uh, my uh, blind nil, I think I need to tell you a little bit about Liquid Death. Hey, I got to tell you guys about our friends at Liquid Death. And by now, you guys already know that you might see some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is the water called Liquid Death? Say it with me. 
It'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recycled tall boy cans are here helping to bring death to plastic bottles as well. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution. I've got the severed lime flavor with me here. I also love the berry flavor. And also, just the straight still water is incredible. I like uh, I like drinking the water out of the can. It makes you feel powerful makes you feel uh, authoritative so here's what you gotta do go to liquiddeath.com slash kcsn to find their store locator tool or you can go get liquid death at your local target walmart or 7-eleven go check them out at liquiddeath.com slash kcsn <laughs> i love when you throw to yourself at a different time <laughs> in a different shirt let's go to earlier tucker let's this is a picture of me in the past right I let my kids drink liquid death. It lets people every like pictures of you in the past, Nick. Yep. Mitch Hedberg. I love Mitch Hedberg. Hey, give me that. Like. Here's a picture of me in the future. Hey, yeah. give me that camera. <laughs> Tucker, go look that up. Mitch Hedberg. I'll look it up after Fantastic. after I'm against after protesting, day. but I don't know how to show it. <laughs> good. When when elevators break, it should say sorry for the convenience. <laughs> When escalators Elevators. can escalators, escalators break, they just yeah. become stairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tucker, what do you got for us for your so, blind segment? I, I want to move to the offensive side of the ball. We're talking uh, Patrick Mahomes has been able to spread the ball around all over the place like crazy. Um, it's insane. Looking at kind of the touchdown numbers have not really been spread out. all. Or they have been spread out all over the place. Outside of Travis Kelsey with 12, uh, McCall Hardman second with four, um, Clyde Edwards Alaire three, Juju Smith Schuster two, Justin Watson two, Jody Fordson two, mm. and then you have one from Jarek McKinnon, Kadarius Tony, uh, MVS, Noah Gray. So I want to look at that wide receiver position. When you're looking at the wide receivers, how many touchdowns through the rest of the season? You got six games left, right? Six, five, six games left crazy. Uh, in, the, in the season. How many touchdown passes will come to wide receivers in these games? Non-Juju. So, let's let's take Juju out of it. Oh, why? Okay. He's a receiver. And Travis. Travis is out of it because he's not a wide receiver. I'm I'm taking Juju out of it because Patrick Mahomes has been so good at spreading the ball around. Okay, so no Juju. Mm-hmm. So touchdowns next six games. No Travis. No no tight ends. No Juju. No tight ends, no juju. So, so that would leave Justin back. Watson has two running backs. Are you crowdsourcing for a bet right now, Tucker? Is that what this is about? No, no, okay. It's not. Like just got just a checking. Duel, a fan yeah. duel no, that he wants to it's a draft. I'm so sorry. Whatever. Are they advertising again? Come on. Not on today's show. <laughs> They're fan, friend of the network. Fan, fan duel. <laughs> Get all your bets there. Um, okay, all right. So let me clarify. What about my boy Jody Fordson? He's still got to hit his four number. I think he's a tight end, though. So no tight ends. It's a wide receiver. Wide receivers. Your ba- can you just rephrase this? How many touchdowns are we going to see from Justin Watson, Sky Moore, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. MVS, M- MVS? Yep. Those four. Mm-hmm. Say f- six. Game. So from those, it's one and a half a game. Touchdowns from those total four. red zones. I'm What's talking the, touchdowns total. Right now they have four, I believe. Um, if my number, if my math is correct, those those guys combined have four. I'm a Price is Right BJ, and I'm gonna go five. <laughs> <laughs> There's no winner in this game. I don't want to say one dollar. 
one. Running five, too much well, thought into this. Well, and then no. Well, here, here's here's a cool thing that that this Chiefs wide receiver set as a whole. Uh, you remember uh, Game of Thrones and what was the girl? She joined the uh, the faceless blah blah people. Oh yeah, a girl. A girl has no name, right? Yep. Yes. That's, Watching that's it right this, now. That's this wide so receiver core. That's this wide receiver core right now. There's no name. There's no like. If you shut down Travis and maybe Juju now sort of emerge as this primary threat. With those other four, they're all solid. Like they're all, they would be solid number twos on any team, on any team. And they're the third threat, third target. And it's like, man, that's those are that's a champagne problem. You know who I forgot? Who we're forgetting to talk about here? And we're we're forgetting to talk about him because he hasn't played in the last three games since McCole Hardman. Um, McCole Hardman does have four touchdowns. That's the most of any wide receiver. Um, and you know he had so. So out of those guys, you'd bring McCall Hardman back into it. I think he should return soon. We've seen him tweet out that he's like doing sprints and lifting weights and getting back to be healthy. Uh, we'll see when he returns. But 10 touchdowns of Mahomes' 29 have come to uh, Mahomes or Hardman, Watson, uh, Juju, and Tony in MVS. So take Juju out of it. That would be eight touchdowns out of his 29. I think we're going to okay, see Chad so- Henney against the Raiders on January 8th. Just Chucking touchdowns, the sky might see, might see Chad Henney on week 14. Oh my god, rusty already. Rusty, the Bills got a tough eight. schedule, but we need the Bills and Dolphin. We need a bunch of people to lose. We want I don't to Chad Henney eight that number one seed. It's huge that that bye week is in the playoffs, and especially need, when you got an extra game. I mean, that's huge. That That's need the Bills and Dolphins to beat each other a couple times and the Jets to get in there and. And they will they still play each other. Yeah. They really, no, I'm going to say eight. I'm reverse to eight. Just because I, I, I like Hardman. Hardman skews that number a lot just because they always throw in some some packages just for him. Oh, you're going but, eight? Uh, I'm going to take seven and a half. Good for you. I'm going to take nine. <laughs> <laughs> How do they – hey, the New Year's Day versus the Broncos, what can you flex it to like – like Saturday, 8 a.m.? Or is that like a, you just say you're good? You, you can just get this W. I think New Year's Day is a Sunday, right? Yeah. Are, are they, is that like playing? They're the, playing on New Year's, yeah. Who is the team? Who, who is the uh, Bishop Sycamore, right? Is that gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. I, they already flexed uh, They already flexed the Broncos and Chiefs matchup out of prime time. That was amazing, uh, by the way. That was a, uh, that, what an, what a, what a world. Because I, and I'll take, I'll eat some pies. I thought the Broncos were going to win the NFC West or the AFC West this year. I said that. I thought the Broncos were as I thought Russell Wilson was that guy, the missing link. His defense is mm-hmm. kick ass. And the Broncos team, yeah. that defense kicks ass straight up. And then offense is the opposite. Offense is like, let's just go three and out the whole game. Right. <laughs> let's bad. really test our punter. <laughs> like, let's let our punter earn our money. Like that's that's boring football to watch. And to flex out, even with Russell Wilson, that's the opposite of this week's matchup. They stink. And it's just been so beautiful to watch. And he's under contract for another three years. I'd never get tired of talking about how bad the Broncos are and like really getting into talking about with Matt Miller on Monday. Is this going to go down as the worst trade in NFL history? And that's not even like hyperbolic at this point. They gave up three players, three top two round picks, including two first rounders and gave him $240 million. That's what extended him. That, that might be the worst part him? of it. When did they extend him? During, for the trade, that was part of the trade is that they gave him a contract extension. Oh, that's right. And that I mean, you have to part of it all. It's 
mean, unless you're the Chiefs and Orlando Brown, it's really hard to give up high draft picks and then not give somebody a contract because you can't give away a bunch of first round picks and give all the leverage back to the player who can just get <laughs> franchised, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you have to give them a deal when you make moves like that. That's why like Chiefs yeah. deal with like Brian Burns or Josh Allen uh, around the trade dead- deadline is like, well, what's it going to take to get him? Like, yeah, you have to give money. You have to give picks and money and give up a first round pick and then potentially have to franchise that guy for two years. Like an extension is part of that deal. But yeah, Geno Smith playing <laughs> like a pro bowler and oh, Russell Wilson playing like it's the best. Not a pro bowler. How effective, how, how a good wide receiver like Tyler Lockett, K-State. Will will make a quarterback look good. I mean, that record of him with like 90 million targets in the red zone and or in no drops was stupid. Mm. Was a stupid stat. He learned after the Auburn game, but we don't want to talk about okay. that. Okay, all right, all right. Thursday nights Sorry. don't count. But yeah, I, I like this comment. What do you think? Uh, I like the job <laughs> Russell Wilson is doing in Denver. The Chiefs need to get at least two Super Bowls. So That's good. Um, ruining tens. Tim Patrick's rookie deal, Jerry Judy's rookie deal, Cortland Sutton getting paid. Like by the time that Russell Wilson has either figured it out or moved on, or they have to hire another coach and then pay hack it out. Like there's just beautiful storylines everywhere. The next favorite one to, to pivot, if you want to make a comment on the Broncos, we'll go back. But like the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, the Raiders don't have enough cash to get rid of Josh McDaniels and That's then pay amazing. another coach. Because they're already paying John Gruden. Like, they literally can't do it. Same thing that happened yeah. with Cleo Mack years ago. They literally couldn't extend Cleo Mack because they didn't have enough cash to pay him to put into the uh, the escrow account when you have the guaranteed contracts. It's beautiful. How, how is that possible? Like, it's, to me, I, I saw that, and I'm like, what? They should, like, like, Vegas should ask their boosters for more money or something. Like, what's the deal, man? I'll go to the casinos. I know. They're going to start to go fund me. For real. They're going to start to go fund me to get enough cash to offset. But, but also at the same time, you know, your head coach is a lame duck and they can't get rid of them. You're still ride or die with them. And it's like, I mean, honestly, guys, you want to know what one of the funnest times I've ever had playing football was 2000, 2008. And we sucked. I was with the Rams. And we knew Linehan was out. We knew they brought in uh, Hazlitt or Hazlitt promoted them. And we knew everyone's going to get canned, right? We Everyone's getting fire sailed, whatever. But tell you what, man, we had so much fun from Wednesday to Saturday just practicing. Like, yeah, you still got to fight your butt off, right? Yeah. You know, you know you're going to see you're playing for a film. But it was like, it was fun. There was no pressure. You're getting flexed out of games, right? You know, you're playing noon every Saturday, right? Or Sunday, you know, you're playing, you know, it's whatever. And, you know, you might give it an effort. You already had your one or two games once. You want to win some more. Be like, I don't give a shit. It's like, whatever. But it was fun. There's no pressure. And then when next year I go to New Orleans, I'm like, oh my God, this is high pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But there is something to be said about enjoying it, you know, from that when the pressure's off and you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. But, man, not have your coach be getting fired because they can't afford it. That's amazing. That's XFL stuff right there. On on the topic of the Broncos, a part of me kind of feels bad, but I don't feel Why? bad at the same for time. For who? They didn't feel bad for us when they were winning with Peyton Manning and all that. No. Dunking on us because of the Peyton Manning That's... was going to take a visit here, and then he didn't, and then Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. was going to sign here, told the Chiefs mm-hmm. he was signing here, and then goes to Denver. No. I, you didn't let me finish my thought. I'm saying I, that. No. No. Tim Patrick right. tours ACL in the preseason. Garrett Bulls gets hurt in the preseason. Yeah. They had they had a lot That's better fun. of an offense before the season kicked off. And their offense stinks. And because they have Cortland Sutton and that set. I was gonna say a part of me feels bad, but I don't feel bad for them. Nice. Um I don't. I don't feel bad at all. 
We need you to pledge your undying allegiance to the Chiefs. <laughs> Cut you my hand. All things, all things, all things what I believe. related. Yes. You don't hear me talk about Aria, you take all your personal possessions and throw them into the lake. Like, Aria. I was watching the episode last night. Valhar Morgalis or whatever yes. she says with a coin. Like, yes. Bravos. That is that is this offense. That is this Chiefs <laughs> offense. Valhar Morgalis is like the faceless mini. You know, that's what it is. Yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's do expectations. Uh, what we think is going to happen on Sunday between the Chiefs and Bengals again. Appreciate everybody for hanging out in this episode of Outside the Trenches. BJ Kissel, Nick Lackey, Tucker Franklin, and boys, let's take this one home. Nick, expectations, uh, score prediction, and uh, maybe an outside the box type player that you think may step up and have a big game, and why? Um, is Brandon Williams? Will he be active? No, he can't get active in practice squad yet, can he? I'd be surprised if he got active remember hey, remember, remember they call the him up but defensive playbook is like six pages and like two <laughs> two of those are like the what like expectations so it's it's easy to master an event like him hey guy you're here and then like plug these two gaps and you got this you know it's really only the blitzes like don't get in the way and then it's just the like willie gay coming up he's like i'm coming in the look, look, get out, get out not, of the way it's not accurate but look this is like an offensive playbook right here <laughs> and this is like a defensive playbook right this is your defensive playbook and this is like in just like the last 90 pages are empty right it's like for notes it's a combo it's a straight combo it's uh, like you but, played offense or something <laughs> you would think right <laughs> No man, uh, I, I expect I expect it to be a good game. It, it's from as as plain vanilla as that Rams game was last week, and they expected to win. They any other team they would have blown it with all the late interceptions and all that stuff, and defense kept them in. Um, I like the defense to to really step up this game. You know, I think we're going to see uh, Dunlap really have a game, uh, and I'm predicting two sacks from him and one sack from Karloftis uh, over the nose in their sort of NASCAR package. Uh, so yeah, though you feel probably or nine and a half, like I said on Twitter, right? <laughs> but but watch watch Karloftis in the nose, you know, playing the nose guard on these third down, and, and I think he's mm. going to get some production there, and it's going to be so I think he'll get some some pressure on Burrow. So yeah, but I, I like the Chiefs to win this one. Tuck thirty three twenty seven. I was just looking at uh, the DraftKings page. Uh, I like to do that from time to time, just kind of look at the betting trends. Chiefs opened as a three point favorite. Spread now down to one and a half. Um, it's still in favor of the Chiefs. Going on the road, being favored by one and a half points in a in a conference game, a team that beat you last year, uh, is, is good. Good for the Chiefs. I do think uh, that they do win this game by more than a point and a half. I do think that the Chiefs are the better football team. The Chiefs, I, a lot of people are worried about the red zone offense. That didn't bother me all that much uh, last week. I don't know why it didn't bother me all that much, but I was like, ah, it's fine. Uh, they'll figure it out when they need to figure it out. But it didn't didn't beat me up all that much. But um, I think that the big thing is going to be, uh, you know, controlling the ball, scoring more points than the other team, <laughs> getting turnovers. Uh, a sneaky dark horse guy that I think uh, can can be good in this game is going to be Kadarius Tony. If he's healthy, I like to see Kadarius Tony on the field. Dave Tobe came out today and said that he plans on being the primary punt returner when healthy. So uh, very interesting in there. I love it. And sorry, I, I was reading something else and getting blown up over here. What uh, would you have a score prediction? 
Oh, no, I didn't give a score prediction. I was looking up the over-under to kind of base my score prediction <laughs> off of that. Uh, 52 and a half is the over-under. So I will go... I know Brett Coleman said 21 to 20. I think yeah. that that is going to be angered very me. low. I think that's going to... Yeah. I think that's low. I think it's going to be like 31-27. That's exactly what Marlia Campbell said on our pregame show for 101 The Fox. I'm going 31-23 Chiefs, although I... Part of me thinks that this could be a Patrick Mahomes just goes balls to the wall and puts up 40, 45 points. Yeah, starts counting how many touchdowns he's throwing and all of that. Uh, but the player that I think, and this is based on you know stealing analysis from, from Brett Coleman and what he told me and analyzing uh, the Bengals' offensive line and Jonah Williams, their left tackle, who he said is a good player, but uh, is a little susceptible to the speed to power, the bull rush, a little bit light, uh, not quite the sand in the pants or whatever you know analogies people use getting ready for the draft. A little <laughs> something like that. They're, they're like they're a little light. They can get bull rushed, uh, and that that's kind of what George Karloftis, that speed to the, the speed to power. Uh, that maybe it's just wishful thinking for myself that George Karloftis could get. Uh, you get a couple sacks in this game, but I'm going to go with that. I think that you know they want to deliver the ball deep down the field. They want to go outside the numbers to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, and get those big chunk plays like we saw you know, in the last couple games against these guys last year. They had 486 yards combined between T. Higgins and Jamar Chase uh, against the Chiefs. And so they want to get the ball down the field. Well, it's not just about Trent McDuffie and those guys making plays. They've, the offensive line for the Bengals has to give time for those routes to develop down the field, and that means guys up front shortest route to getting to where you want to go is a straight line. So bull rushing those guys, see George Karloftis' power, uh, see a couple sacks from him. I would love to see it. So I'm going to say 31-23 Chiefs, although I think that's pretty low. I think that we may see Chiefs offense uh, get get going. 42 degrees and overcast, um, partly cloudy uh, for, for game kickoff. So that, that means a high-scoring game. If it was cold, I would say take the under. But if it's warm, take you over. And hopefully they can protect Williams. Uh, Chiefs can. Because if you put him on Jamar Chase or Higgins, Jesus Christ. I'm uh, – yeah, don't don't mix up those names, Nick. You mix up the names, um, uh, you might be able to uh, be getting Catching trouble. Twitter beef? Also, I, I've got something else on the Twitter beef. This just came through. Uh-oh. Jamar Chase was asked about the Twitter beef. Let's see what he had to say about that. Um, I ain't really had no comment about it until he made another comment and said everybody else is going to get locked down. So that's when I buzzed in to decide to say something on Twitter. Do you think maybe he just hadn't watched enough film on the receivers in Cincinnati? Um, I don't think he's watching film at all. I don't think he knows his personnel um, on whoever he's trying to check or if he's even checking anybody. So it's just he need to go back and watch you know, the film, look at his personnel, look at what he wants to know. So, I mean... Yeah. Was that Jamar from, Chase doesn't wow. think Justin Reed watches film. Well, listen, if if that was Justin from a Monday interview, that's one thing because like Monday you still don't know who who you're playing or you don't who the personnel is. Wednesday on Thursday, Friday, you should know who you're covering. So it's like that's a good point. Really How good many point. times were you going up against a player and he didn't know his name? He just went by his number though. When the when I would talk to player and I work for the Chiefs and I talk to players, they only refer to them by their numbers because when they're watching film, so the coaches are talking about. They just use player yeah. numbers. They're not saying Jamar Chase is a really good player. They're like fucking whatever his number is. If you knew the name, they were an All Pro. 
Right. That's yeah. exactly it'd be like, cause even to this day, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, who 51 or whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah. It was like a good player. And you're like, Oh, Ray Lewis, not 52. Right. Yeah. If you're an all pro hall of famer, you get a name, you know, but you know, other than that, you're a Val Homer Garlis too. That's right. I, <laughs> I used to, <laughs> I would at times refer to players by their numbers because that's just you get caught into that language and that's how mm -hmm. players talk. And I was like, yeah, and you know, 51 is the guy you got to worry about. Like, why are you trying to sound all cool and like, oh, I'm using their numbers to say their names? I'm like, that's how they talk. I don't know. All right, yeah. know the number because who gives a crap on the, uh, on the on the field? You just know numbers. That's all you care about. I would true story here. So every time I see a Darren Sproles highlight, I look for 53 running that's around. That's right. Trying you know, to get some I'm work done. I've have a solid highlight. Five three. <laughs> Big five three. Love that's wild. I, that that quote right there. He uh, so I don't know if just or if Justin Reed meant like anything on purpose to shade to uh, in his initial comments. But afterwards, <laughs> saying everyone locked up, I think just I think Jamar Chase has a fair point saying like everyone getting locked up. All right, that's what I'm gonna chime in. Uh, but like, no <laughs> Hurst can. I can't even hold it. I'm trying not to butt in it. Hey, you he called Hayden Hurst soft. <laughs> like it wasn't a mix up. What's <laughs> he it was like? He's like, yeah, he's pretty soft. I'm like, bye. He's like, I'm gonna lock him down. Don't give anyone December motivation. He didn't. No, no bulletin board material in December, January, please. No. What Justin Reed said about Hayden Hurst, none of it was wrong. I'll say that. That's where coming out. He's like the baseball player, right? That was Hayden Hurst memory. is one of those guys. Like Jordan Aikens is the other one. I think Hayden Hurst played baseball. Because uh, he was an older player when he got drafted. Uh, I think like it was it. similar to Jordan Akins, who's doing really well with the, the Texans. When he got drafted, he was like 25 years old because he played minor league baseball for a little while. I think Hayden Hurst played baseball in college, too, or he played in the minors for a little while. Um, so when he called him like a finesse player, like... <laughs> I Listen, I've met baseball players think they can... MLBers think they can play NFL, so it's a funny concept. You know, your people, BJ. <laughs> your people. He was drafted by the Pirates in the 2012 MLB draft. Coolest, uh, coolest logo in all of sports. The Pirates is what you're saying. You're not just talking about their P, right? You're talking about like the the bucket, the bucket pirate, the or... P, the, the pirate, the P, the colors. Um, the, was it the black and gold or black and yellow or something like that? Or yeah, it's clean. It's super clean. The cleanest logo set. Everything. Hmm. I went to a Pirates game one time. Cool stadium. It is. Old downtown there is nice. Played the Steelers several times, and it was always That's nice right. to walk around their downtown area. All right, we appreciate everybody for hanging out with us on this episode of Outside the Trenches. I love playing more content, getting you ready for Chiefs and Bengals on Sunday afternoon. And the more people keep putting mics in their faces, the more <laughs> content that we've got to share with you and talk about it. Ultimately, it's going to settle uh, between the white lines, like it always does, and who gets the last laugh? Who, whose fan base, whose content creators get to bop the other one after this one? We'll find out on Sunday. But we appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. If you like what you heard, hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, or look us up on YouTube by searching KCSN. We've also got lots of college content. Whether you're a KU, K State, or a Mizzou fan, just search KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of our college content as well but appreciate all for hanging out for nick tucker i'm bj we'll see y'all later the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.